Hello, everybody. Today we are with Doron, CEO and co-founder at Devotion, and mm -hmm. with Amy Marion, the head of marketing at Devotion. Nice to have you uh, both. How are you today? Um, Thanks for having <laughs> Amazing. Me. Great to have you. And the, the listeners cannot see, but we also see the great uh, view that you have from your offices of the Tel Aviv skyline. So it's uh, it's really good to have you, and we're thrilled to to have again another episode with uh, with uh, two, not one, interviewees. Uh, it's always uh, you know very joyful to have a bigger party together. And uh, Daron, I think that you know as uh, we, we've had a couple of uh, CEOs and co-founders at uh, at uh, at our previous episodes on our previous episodes of uh, Shot of Cyber, and uh, I think that Simon and I are really uh, enthusiastic and you know inspired always to speak with uh, entrepreneurs. But I think that each and every one of them has a different story uh, and something we can learn from. So maybe if you can get us uh, caught up about your uh, past and how you got to where you are today in, in a couple of sentences? Let's start from, from today. So today I'm at Devotion. I'm the CEO and co-founder. We're 15 people based in Tel Aviv. Um, before that, I was a group manager of uh, vulnerability research at Cyber. So we found hundreds of vulnerabilities every year of uh, big companies. Uh, so it was great also talking in a lot of uh, shows like Black Hat and others to share more about our research. And we also did a lot of uh, innovation. So we had this uh, this part of uh, of looking into companies and acquire early stage companies. So I, I learned a lot from, from these due diligence and M&A kind of uh, activities that I was part of. Before that, I came uh, as an acquisition by Cybar. Uh, so I was in another startup that got acquired by Cyberx. So this is my second time doing startups. So I think it also gave me this perspective on how it's how it's supposed to be uh, uh, the company that actually succeed and, and get to be acquired in a way. Before that, I was in A200. So a lot of entrepreneurs in Israel coming from this. So it's a commodity, like we, we used to say. So this is uh, basically about myself. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you that they have this passion you know, when they started the journey of being entrepreneurs, they had this idea. But frankly, I'm, I'm not having this kind of story. I actually, when I I, I was five years at Cybark and I felt that I need something new. So I, I just left. A lot of people didn't believe that I left for nothing. Like, But I did left and I didn't have anything else. And I traveled around the world. Like I went to Greece to learn chess. I, I also went to Dubai because it, the sky were open for Israelis uh, for the first time. So it was very nice. It was COVID, so it was empty. But but I used this time to rest a little bit, uh, enjoying my old-fashioned uh, drinks uh, in, in other places in the world. And I talked to a lot of people that I I didn't know what I want to do, if I want to do a relocation from Israel to somewhere else. But everyone told me that in the cybersecurity space, in, in the cloud, if you'll do that, it will be great. When I talked to them about and they, they thought that I'm going to look for idea, but I didn't. But they talked to me about their problems. And all of a sudden, I was raising $6 million from, from a great, great VC in Israel. So 
this is basically my story and I can basically share more about, about what is that that they actually told me that they want. <laughs> so Doron, you're actually telling us quit your jobs, go travel the world and then you'll just raise millions of dollars. That's all you need exactly. to do. Exactly. <laughs> Open your mind. You know, this, this, this book of uh, work four hours a day, you know, this is a bestseller. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not really like that, you know, but at the end of it, if you open yourself to a new directions uh, without being, uh, you know, think too much and allow you to, to be really open-minded, I think it's, uh, it's, it will take you great places. I won't, but I wouldn't believe that I will sit with you today and, and talk about my startup with Amy here, uh, our head of marketing. And uh, th- that's, that's amazing. That's really awesome. amazing. I have a question. And by the way, I really like your approach already. Uh, it reminds me a lot of things that I myself, uh, you know, feel very connected to and associated with. Uh, when it kind com- when it comes to kind of uh, open mindedness and, and so on but before that you also told us about you know what I feel like are the different angles of looking at uh, at a startup and and you know being an entrepreneur because you told me that uh, you told us that you worked in a company that got acquired after that you worked in a company a bigger one a very successful one that uh, that you also did some due diligence on other companies so you got to see startups and now, You, you own your own uh, startup. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, uh, the different angles of, of startups. And I guess my question is, what did you learn if you have to, if you had to give like a, a bottom line of all this journey that helps you nowadays managing devotion? I think it's to be transparent, not only with your employees, but also with your managers. And I think that when I was invested and I was, really transparent with with everything I think things uh, moved also from the the diligence perspective you know because I saw entrepreneurs and other entrepreneurs and I learned from their mistakes sometimes uh, how they suppose you know chose to show some of the things uh, so I don't I don't think it's about trust but I think it's about being transparent in a way just you know not not trying to think too much if we could connect to this this kind of stuff but be uh, very you genuine and and real with your feelings and not trying to you know think about what they're going to say if I'm going to say that no be very honest and when the the heart and your mouth are in the same place you'll see amazing things uh actually in in, in emotion this is my that, that's, uh that's that's very good advice a lot of people are, are assume that investors want you to be perfect and all stakeholders in your organization expect you to be perfect but nobody actually does <laughs> they just they value transparency much more than than constant overachievement or over promising I um, actually I have a, a, qu- a question as, as well but obviously you you weren't an own unknown quantity when when you came back from uh, uh, you know from your sabbatical I don't know if you can say sabbatical mm-hmm. it's shorter than a year but uh You, your first raise was was six million dollars right which right. to most people outside of Israel outside the US is more associated with with a series A it's not necessarily your first race so I'm just curious as to what you had at that point and and I'm, I'm guessing it was more conceptual than an actual prototype of any kind or you didn't have proven market fit so what do you think got your investors excited and and got them to commit to that much money when a company wasn't properly formed yet um I think this is two two main things one we built a demo that shows exactly how the flow is going to work like how it's going to work how how the different tweaks what are the features 
Um, so I think this coming more vivid in that sense of just the slides, but also giving, but the other side of this demo is not, wasn't actually for, it wasn't actually the main goal for investors, it, it helped. But the first, the, the main goal of this demo was to get validation from, from the market. And when we talked to the market, it was great. But when we put things into uh, just, you know, in terms of uh, UI, you know, we didn't mm -hmm. invest a lot of time. It was just a few weeks to just design everything that will, will look like a, a real system is to get the feedback of, oh, this is really something that I would love to have. And when we got these CISOs invested, uh, we went to the, you know, VCs and they asked, you talk to someone that can say that they would use it. And now we have someone that actually, for them, just seeing the, the product, even if it's not real, the real product is more um, something that's more real to them. So they could actually say, yes. So I think this is the thing that we did that created better validation from the other side, but also helped cost, you know, VCs uh, because they also enjoyed the, the product, the, the product that we built, but also the CISOs or the customer that we could bring as a reference uh, that could share more about how they're going to use it, how much they would spend uh, in terms of budget, etc. So you actually build the front end before the, the, the back end. That's... Uh... Of course, of course, and I and I okay. I this is one maybe takeaway from me. If someone hearing me is do not unless you have another approach. Like we can talk about it. There are a few approach about getting to the market, but if you want to raise money, don't try to build a product. Just be very lean, focused on exactly you know research uh, in terms of the market, get validation, and if the demo of a UI you know like a front end will help you do that, do that. But don't do more than that because, you know, as, as a startup that we are, if we develop just what we wanted to do at the first place, we were changing a lot of things. So it's a waste of time. And I think it's a, uh, we've seen a lot of startups doing it. But when you meet and facing the the market in a real life, you see that you need to some pivot and then it could be very painful to do that after that. I think it isn't that trivial to many people. So for yeah. sure, something very significant and, and important that you're saying here, Daron. And uh, I'm sure it's uh, it's uh, news to, to many people. And basically now, as I said at the very beginning, we have uh, Amy here, which is uh, Devotion's head of marketing. And, um, you know, Daron spoke a lot, spoke a lot about uh, just now about, uh, you know, having a demo and having, uh, if you need a strong uh, front end to kind of reflect what you, what you want to, what you want to sell, the, the, your solution and so on. But I think that, uh, you know, Amy and I spoke before this episode and we spoke a lot about uh, marketing and I thought, you know, we, we had a good opportunity here to, to bring her in and, and speak together about marketing a lot of the things and specifically the go-to-market could be very uh, hard, uh, complex, and uh, sometimes impossible without a strong marketing uh, plan. So without further ado, uh, Amy, if you could maybe also introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about what you do uh, with the Devotion. Sure. Um, so my name's Amy. Um, I am originally from... Uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, but I moved to Israel I think more than 20 years ago. Um, and wow. I've been in the Israeli high tech and startup scene basically right from the beginning. 
And I, I think that one of the things that I enjoy and I've been lucky to to be able to do in my careers is is joining very early stage um, startup companies that have a highly technical product that a bunch of amazing Israeli um, um, intelligence army intelligence officers came and built something and, and so I, I I've come into to these early stage companies that have this amazing technology. Uh, it's usually a new technology. There's no market category for it yet. Um, it, majority of the, the organizations out there aren't even ready for it. And I'm helping to uh, build the infrastructure uh, of marketing so that we can push the product awareness. We can push that there is a problem and that it can be solved. So basically, I've, I've I've had the opportunity to work in a lot of early stage startup companies and help, you know, join usually on the, the first or second person who's not a developer or a founder um, and help uh, bring this product or, or solution to to the market. Um, I have never you know, worked in a large organization for me. I think once a company got to about 150, that was time for me to move on and become person number 12 again somewhere else. Um, I, I think it's 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 a lot of fun, you know, at this stage of the journey. Um, a lot of very challenging, but a lot of fun. It's the first time we were officially interviewing someone specifically about marketing in in the cybersecurity industry. And I guess my question is, from your perspective, what do you think when you kind of need to uh, design, structure, build a marketing program for a, a security product? What are the, uh, I would say, the, the highlights that you know one needs to think about? When we're talking about the, 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 the leaders, the forefront, or the, the guys that are pushing the edge of, of cybersecurity, they're doing something new, the first thing we really have to work on is, is the messaging. How are we explaining what it is we're doing? Why is it necessary? What the why somebody out there needs it? Because it's very easy to maybe you know describe um, um, a product that that's that's already out there. Why yours is a little bit different, a little bit better. Sometimes you're the first one doing something, and and it's you, know, you really need to focus on. I think the messaging, make sure that everyone is aligned, and. Um, and this changes a lot of times, as you know, as Daron mentioned, a lot of times companies are, are pivoting in the first year or two of what features are you building? What, um, um, how does the, the platform look? What, how is it being developed? So you need to, in marketing, you need to be able to pivot the messaging um, and, and just as fast as the product is pivoting, which the product needs to pivot just as fast as the market needs are pivoting. So I think that was one of the first things that you know that uh, Daron and I really worked on when I when I joined the company is how are we going to describe the product, the need? How does it? How do we describe the benefits and, and the challenges that the market is facing? And it's it's a lot of um, you know getting that that messaging down. I think is the first thing. Then the next challenge is how do you get the messaging out there? Now that we know what we want to say, how do we get to say it to to everyone and, and you know when you're a lean company yes we we have our, our our six million which is which is great but we don't want to spend it too uh liberally so how can we push it to as many as many people as we can and, and i think with that is you know becoming trusted uh um advocates of of the the solution of of the the challenge that's that's out there 
um, writing as many blogs and articles, participating in podcasts like yours, and you know, just really trying to be active on on social and, and trying to push as much content uh, as possible, which is hard, you know, uh, when you're doing marketing for a small team is producing the content and getting it out there is, is one of the challenges, I think. I mean, DevOcean is a, is a very technical solution in the sense it's, uh, 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 it's, it's for technical users and it's, uh, yeah, it's a technical solution to a technical problem. But, you know, as, as you're scaling your marketing efforts and as you're trying to get attention from you know, people who might become customers, you need to make decisions as to who you want to talk to first. And I'm, I'm curious, given the limited resources you have at this stage, who do you focus on? Do you focus on the, the technical value proposition to the user or do you focus on the business value to, to the decision maker budget owners? Or, or do you try to do both? But would you feel like at this stage, there is more value in going for one category than another? I, we, we definitely try and do both. Um, and I think that, you know, you need to show the, the technical side, um, speak to the tech folks so that they can see how their day-to-day -day lives will change. But there is, you know, when we're speaking to CISOs, we're talking about the, the, the value of how much time and money they're going to save, how they can spend less resources and actually push their business applications out faster. Um, so I, I think it's it's we're definitely trying to do both. And and you know with with the sales cycle and with a product like ours, you're talking to everybody. So the trick is is you know you get it. You have to get one person who wants to listen, and then they're going to bring in the other folks. So you need to know how to speak to you know the different sides depending on who you're talking to first. But you need to be able to address both of their their concerns. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's important to do both and uh, it depends on what channels that we use. If, uh, again, if you are going to technical kind of events, for example, or specific blogs or specific groups of people, for example, WhatsApp groups. So you will publish the technical stuff because they are the audience. But in general, when we talk to, you know, presenting the problem, and I think this is what we worked a lot of you know how to say the right sentence at the beginning that everyone will understand the value and not what you do but what 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 you bring into the, the equation and i think that we understood that we have to talk about the business value first like what what what, what the business going to get of it because because security you know you can use this tool you can use that tool you can use in this uh, process or other process but eventually you, you want to be connected directly with the value that you bring. And I think that for us is, you know, cutting the time to remediation eventually is fixing vulnerabilities much faster. And this is, you know, translates to cutting, you know, savings and cutting expenses and man hours, et cetera, in terms of that, which uh, it's, uh, we, we found it's very important when you even, you know, run your demo to get to the sense of talking about also what your decision makers can use in order to convince them that you are worthy for them as well. So I think it's it's uh, it's like this, and you have to be able to focus uh, exactly in in the right posi position and channels. But I think the what what you need to start with is the business value, because also for technical people. It's also very important to understand from 
the first sentence, exactly how you're going to help them? What is the value that you bring? No, I mean, you uh, obviously you introduced yourself and uh, uh, we heard about your background at you know, Uni Data 200. And I'm, I'm wondering how marketable is that is that still uh, as a startup? How much of a differentiator is it still? Because a few years ago, it was on every single slide of every single startup. It was like, boom, former Uni Data 200. I'm wondering now, as that is it gradually becoming even a handicap in terms of raising money and, and going to market, meaning people will automatically put you in a box and make a lot of assumptions around your capabilities, your background. I'm just uh, just wondering. I guess, I, I don't know, you know, because I have only my experience. So I don't know how it's how other experience, but from what people uh, that are, weren't, you know, from the A200 and don't have this uh, in Israel, they, they tell me that they've been asked where, where they were actually in the, the army. So I think this is still uh, something that people look at. I don't think it's a, it's a game changer, really. You know, the, the people are people, doesn't matter where they came from, and there are great entrepreneurs that are not from A200 and built incredible startups, incredible. One of them is, is CyberArk. That was a small startup and, and still like leading uh, in uh, the PAM kind of... Uh, market but in general um it's kind of a certificate here in israel i don't know outside yeah. of israel how it is but it's still a certificate that you are coming from an uh, more than your capabilities is more about the education you know kind of the culture the discipline from. yeah yeah that you know how it works and everyone look at 800 as a as a school no, but also as a, something that is cultural, that is actually allow you to, to you know, at the ecosystem, you know, the people. So people look at it as a certificate, but I, I, I do think it, uh, you know, it doesn't say a lot. Like, mm-hmm. uh, not a lot, but it doesn't say it's all. It's, it's yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great to have it, definitely. Yeah. I think it's also well, a good rec- recruiting tool as well. I mean, I, I know when I'm going into a, you know, evaluating a new new company, I think like, okay, it's an 8200 company. It's I, I sort of you know, know what the culture might be. I know that there's a lot of creativity, um, people that come out of 8200. So it's, 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 I, I think people like myself, I, you know, will maybe move towards an 8200 company, um, so yeah. it's yeah, yeah I mean it's a bit like an it's, it's a bit like an Ivy League school in in that sense in, in the U.S. In, in that you know it gives you a, a, an aura, it gives you credibility, it gives you an sort of an alumni network. I'm assuming as well is that is that also a great recruiting pool? And are you uh, yeah that that probably gives you access to to more talent and and uh, opens doors still. Yeah, very true. Uh, I mean it's. Uh... It's also a question about uh, Israel and the cybersecurity industry, like how long would it, uh, you know, uh, this uh, standard or, or kind of alumni uh, network would uh, would keep uh, bringing in so much, um, uh, so much uh, attention and whether other competitors would uh, would take the lead and so on. But I, I want to take us back um, to to, you know, the days where. The, the company was, you know, was first, you, you just started the company. And if I remember correctly, at the beginning, you had to do the marketing by yourself, right? And mm-hmm. um, I guess I have to, a couple of thoughts about it. 
first it must be very hard to to do a lot of things and but i think this is the this is uh, the nature of uh, of of a startup right uh, and and i can also uh, think about the days where i worked in a startup doing like both uh, research and pre-sales and marketing and like doing lots of things together and it was lots of fun but you did it all by yourself plus you founded a company correct me if i'm wrong during covid days right so you don't have conferences you don't have summits you cannot meet many people in person and i guess it's a, it adds up to the challenge doesn't it yeah yeah definitely i think it was the also the, the end of the covid era uh but it, it was still like you know mask and people uh, there was no conventions whatsoever um the big ones but i i think it's um i liked it I, I I'd enjoyed it a lot. I I think that I'm uh, people told me this in in the past that I'm a marketer guy that also doing some tech stuff. but what I people said because I established that conference uh, in the past and I also think about I'm, I'm in the detail this is what people say I don't know but I think that I liked I enjoyed the the marketing stuff uh, because I think it's um, enabler of the business and I think that I, I can't stress enough how much it's important to do it even with more weight at the beginning I think this is one of the things that I, I think I could do even better in that sense like doing more uh, building a trustworthy brand in terms of you know kind of invest more in, in into that I don't think it's uh, you know every startup uh, you need to build If you want to focus on something, focus on the product. This is what people would sell, tell you. I leave the marketing, it will come. But we are in the era of the TikTok, okay? And in the era of the TikTok, you have to be all over. Like you have to be out there. You have to be uh, creative. You have to be a thought leader in a way. Uh, it, doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be pricey, but you have to work in it. Like you have to work All the time I think it's something that I've I've learned a lot and when Amy joined I think that I also like felt that wow I did I didn't then quite a lot like I didn't even understood <laughs> that but yes I think it's uh, something that every entrepreneur has to do by himself first of all to better understand what is the brand that he's building but again as, as I understood very early I, I can't do it And also invest on uh, you know go to market and, and and other stuff so it's very important to have someone uh, early to share this kind of you know responsibility and help you build a good brand uh, with the uh, with a um, clear messaging clear kind of value uh, like we like we mentioned uh, but for every entrepreneur you have to work like a few months to About building the first like the first version of of your brand it's giving you a lot of things that you didn't even thought about when you raised money because it's it's different different challenges so I I think it's a it's a mandatory stuff and I I, I personally like I said I, I really liked it I guess uh, it was also interesting for you Amy to to come in and you know ask uh, their own so what what you did so far show me <laughs> show me what we have right and and what do we do next like how was how was it for you to to first come in and start discovering yeah it was it was definitely great to come in and, and have a, a CEO um, 
who had already gotten his feet wet, more than his feet wet, you know, in, in marketing. So there was somebody, I had a partner I could, I could talk to and run, play ideas off of. Um, you know, sometimes you, you, you might have, have someone who, who's much more on the technical side and they just sort of expect magical things to happen. Like, okay, like, let's launch the website. Let's get 20 leads today. You know, and, and I think that having Daron, having um, done a lot of marketing already, he, he knew, you know, what was possible, what was, you know, reach for the stars, but let's do it anyways. He had a lot of interesting ideas. Um, it, that's the other thing I think that, that was really cool about having somebody who wasn't maybe from the marketing world doing the first stage of marketing is he didn't have the, the set of uh, guidelines and rules and, and things that, you know, if I've been doing marketing for 20 years, I sort of, these are the things that I do. This is my checklist. This is how I do this. This is what can be done, what can't be done. He didn't have all of those expectations. So it opened up a lot of new ideas and a lot of new paths that we could play with. So that was, that was very cool. Yeah. But there was definitely, you know, a lot of, of, you know, work to, to be done to, to setting up all of the, I think, the, the infrastructure so that it's, it, things can be done maybe more smoothly and more automated. Um, but there was a great groundwork that, that Duran had done. And, and it's, it's still, you know, I think to this day when we're working together, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. He's still into it. He's engaged. He's an owner of, of marketing as well. What stands out? For me, more than everything, you know, hearing you both is um, the open-mindedness of uh, leadership or, or culture that you are bringing to the table, which I feel very connected to. And in my opinion, what really uh, remarks the Israeli tech, other than only A200, is also this culture, the dynamics and willingness to be flexible. And uh, sometimes, even if it's hard to put aside the uh, usual frameworks and uh, standards and think about something from a different angle and see how, how things work. And sometimes it's works, it works very good. I have some thought on that. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I do, I do feel like whenever I speak to founders or people working in this ecosystem in Israel, they're very mission-oriented. It's all about accomplishing a goal and, and it's not about creating a company. The company is just a means to get somewhere and, and to accomplish an objective. And that objective is to solve a problem and make money doing it. But uh, so they don't, I don't feel like they're creating a lot of, of things within that context that are hindering their progress. It's all about getting from A to B and, and maybe B changes over the course of the few, next few months. But uh, um, I, yeah, they don't really care about what the company eventually looks like. Um, and, and I don't mean that negatively, but it's all about yeah achieving something. It's not about building a company. Yeah, I guess it's uh, something that we are coming with is this determination and uh... We, we have this in uh, in the armies with the first kind of values in the armies. Uh, I don't know how to say it in English, really. <laughs> but it's uh, in Hebrew, which is actually consistency in, in getting the, the results and the goal. So I think it's not, it's not just uh, because. But I think, you know, once you are entrepreneur, we are very determined. But in the other side, we, we're facing so many challenges that 
I think, you know, from podcasts, it's very hard to get, you know, even if you talk to someone, even, even if I talk to other founder, right? And we talk and we share, but eventually everyone has his own kind of weights, all other thoughts, you know, it's, it's more than just, uh, it's, it's, you have people uh, on board that you need to take care of. You have a lot of other stuff that uh, even though it's not, you know, you have this mission, you want to get it. It's also something that you get into the equation and, and it makes it uh, more, much harder, but also fun because I think that, um, you know, the privilege to work with people uh, and that work for your startup that you actually, you know, started. And I think it's, it's something that uh, incredible in terms of, you know, in, in any kind of experience that, that I, I'll ever have. I think this is, so, this is something special to do. So yes, we are learning, I guess, founders in Israel, we learn how to put everything aside and be able to focus more, but it will always be more than it seems. Like it's it's much more, more than it seems. I mean, Amy, you, you've, you've been through a lot of scale-ups. You, you've been involved in companies that went from, you know, very early stage, which is what you like to most of them eventually being acquired. And I, I'm wondering at what point in your experience of a company growing, and that could be a, a metric such as how many employees or, or maybe revenue, but at what point do you feel from what you've seen companies are almost at risk of losing that that startup momentum, that energy, that agility? Is there is there typically a number of employees, maybe it's 30, maybe it's 40, 50, where everything sort of shifts organizationally and it becomes a lot more bureaucratic and you do feel like that's really at that point where culture needs to be paid attention to even more closely because we're at risk of, of uh, sclerosis or, or, or you know, n- not being as action-oriented as we were before. I want to say it's probably around, if we're looking at how many employees, it's probably when it's about 100, 150. And I think that what happens in that 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 stage is there's not a unified company goal. Like right now, when you're when you're 15 people or even 80 people, you know the goal is to get that first million dollars of revenue or get this next version of our product out there or we're all together everybody knows that you know we've got this huge deal on the line and we're everybody from you know and, and we have these like group challenges and group goals and group enemies and and, and, it, and it feels like group and i think that once the company gets larger and, and there's more siloed teams and then the marketing team is really just focused on whatever their KPIs are. And, and they're not talking to the developers who don't even know what this team is doing. And I don't know that there's a new release coming out. I, I don't, I, I think, I think that once you stop having, having the team, uh, the whole company adds one team for me, that's, you know, a, a stage that's a lot less fun. And Yeah. It's interesting. And, and at the end of the day, Although it's uh, it's uh, the experience of an individual, uh, I think that many people um, would agree on the fact that uh, the the atmosphere really really matters. And uh, uh, whomever worked for a startup or even a smaller size company 
Uh, I think that many would agree that you could really uh, uh, feel the the shared goal and the and you know the mission. And this is a, this is a true challenge for the for the bigger companies. And uh, I yeah. think there's a whole bunch of uh, books and uh, methodologies that preach on on how to actually get it done for the bigger companies, right? On how you preach for the mission and and keep keep people people together with a sense of of belonging. So uh, and, and a sense of accountability to each other as well yeah. I think like I know that you know I could do my hours or do my work you know at, at acceptable levels or I could put in this extra effort and I could really help out Duran or I could help out Yossi or or Susan or like I, I you know the people intimately that that extra hour that extra effort um or that you know that that that, that is really going to affect them. And I think there's so much more accountability when you know these people. I'll, I'll work a lot harder for the team. You inspired me towards the, the end of this uh, recording. So <laughs> thanks for that. So guys, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, it was very interesting. We enjoyed talking to you. We enjoyed uh, uh, speaking with both of you, Daron and Amy, and uh, hearing about the uh, wonderful things that you're doing. Uh, can't wait to hear more from you in the future. Perfect. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. We enjoyed being here. Thanks for joining.